is our good friend in Japan, of all places, who is going to join us in the next half hour. Dave Olson actually grew up here, uh, lived in Lynn Valley, grew up in Wally, now lives in Japan and has attended several Olympic Games. He's a great follow on Twitter, by the way. He actually ran a social media aggregator uh, during the 2010 Games here. True North Media House, you might have heard of it. And uh, Dave, the last time you and I spoke was so fun. And boy, do you have quite the... uh, the team of people following you on Twitter because they love to hear your opinions. And I'm just dying to hear how you're feeling as the countdown in earnest is on to the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games now. Welcome back to the program. Wow, it's great to be back. And I, I too, had a great time talking with you last time. And it was really fun to be able to share the lay of the land here because at what you see on TV and whatnot in other media outlets around the world, with so much going on, obviously, Uh, the lay of the land here really kind of gets overlooked. And now with it just days away, people are just waking up to the fact that, wow, Japan's in a little bit of a tight spot. This is going to be interesting. You've been tweeting about that since I mentioned the fact that you were going to be joining us today. You said, I'm ready to go because, boy, oh, boy, it's different than people (laughs) think here. This is going to be a very, 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 if I may quote you, very, 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 very different Olympic Games. Tell us why. Well, it's... uh... (laughs) How do we begin? First of all, uh, just the other day, Tokyo went into its fourth state of emergency, which will extend to the end of the Games. And this this means that all the stuff that we uh, in Vancouver enjoyed so much during 2010, who didn't have tickets necessarily, all the live sites, all the attractions, all the activations, all the going to the bar and watching gold medal performances with our friends, all that is, is is off the table. Um, the athletes coming in, as you may have seen some grumbling about it, the athletes are required to do two tests before boarding a plane to come to Japan, tests when they arrive. Um, they don't clear the airport for about four hours as they install apps, fill out application forms, and so on and so on. Then they go to a host city bubble before they then go to the Olympic Village, which is also, of course, uh, in a bubble. Uh, of yeah. course, it's all <laughs> just a you know, because of course, there's, there's no bubble is perfect. There's already uh, incidents where tests, uh, people are testing positive after arriving in the country, and then they're having to be sequestered away. The folks hosting the host cities aren't able to interact with the teams coming in to stay in their communities. So all those are just a few things that are just popping up uh, just off the top. Not to mention the usually stoic and sedate and community-driven Japanese people are out uh, protesting uh, the IOC officials arriving and saying that you're endangering our lives with your spectacle and there's no benefit to this for us, which is a little surprising to see because Japan, well, they're they're a pretty stoic and uh, determined bunch when there's something to be done. It's interesting, too, and there's breaking news just this afternoon that Canada's Bianca Andreescu uh, has decided to opt out of the Tokyo Olympics. She's number Mm -hmm. five ranked women's player, uh, you know, a great hope for women's tennis uh, for Canadians in these Olympic Games. But there are other tennis stars who already skipped these, decided to skip these games. Uh, Serena Williams, Rafael Nadal, Dominic Thiem, all of them are just like, nope, nope, this isn't for me. I mean, I feel for the athletes who are like, yes, I'm going. I'm going anyway, even though it won't be the fun and frivolity once I've you know reached my moment and had my competition, I can still interact. And I've got friends who are going. I was actually, I think I told you, Dave. Oh, just a second. I lost you there for, I lost you there for a second. Are you back? There I'm you sorry. go. You're back. Yep. 
That's okay. I heard a little bit of interruption there. We are talking to you across the globe. You are in Japan. Right, so, right. Um, that, what I was in, saying... In that case, go ahead. What I was saying is I've got friends who are going, working for uh, the Olympic Broadcast Services, yeah. who... Because I was supposed to be going. I was slated to go. I couldn't go due to family reasons. My dad... I'm essential care for my dad, and my dad passed away. And, you know, long story long, I, I could see his decline, and I, I had to pull out of, of going to Japan... Um, because of that was my, my main reason, but also I was looking at the, you know, the restrictions that are in place. I mean, people, as you said, this is a very, very, very different Olympics and people here in Vancouver and British Columbia who attended 2010 know the social side of it. You didn't even need a, a ticket or a pass to have a great time in the city. And, and we were told as, uh, workers, media members that we would be only on, uh, approved IOC transport. We would Day in our residence and in our venues, there'd be no exploring, there'd be no socializing, there would be no going down the street to, you know, take in a site or enjoying a meal out. It would, it's very, very bubbled up and should be because Japan, if I'm not mistaken, is still in a state of emergency over COVID-19, Dave. Right. We've just gone back into our fourth wave of state of emergency and we're still creeping up on a 20% vaccination rate. And keep in mind that Japan has more folks 65 and older, then Canada has people total. And this is all squeezed into a country, uh, a sliver, the size of a sliver of BC. So back to your point, the first, I'm going to unpack a few of these real quick for you. The Please tennis, do. No, you got uh, time. You got time. Play- all right. The tennis players who are opting out of the event, you're seeing a lot of these athletes now pulling out because, yeah, they have concerns. And also, it's not going to be a great time because you've spent years and years, you know, a good portion of your life training for this, this event. And now your family, your support system, your, um, you know, your spouse, your children can't be there to support you. And it's a very solitary environment. And even, uh, not to make too fine a point out, but the Olympic party, the Olympic village is quite a party zone for the athletes. Yeah. And they're saying, we won't be distributing, uh, distributing uh, prophylactics. Uh, there, uh, please, if you're going to have a beer, please drink alone in your room. I'm not sure how much of that is going to be enforced, um, but it's like it's uh, it's going to like. I the thought they were still going to. Ha- I thought they ever. were going to still hand out the condoms. They're just telling people to take them home with them. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing air thing. quotes right now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and then the media members. It's not like there's a million things to do in Japan, like going out to eat sushi all like every time you possibly can, or all the bars and all the things. And what we found, again, in Vancouver is the Olympics. Yeah, it's the sports, but really it's the backdrop of the city. And it's a two-week commercial for look at our wonderful city. We're part of this big world, and look how spectacular it is. And we had the great two weeks of weather uh, in in that February 2010 that just looked spectacular for all the folks viewing at home. And now instead of these busy street scenes of everyone eating takoyaki on a stick and and, uh, you know, celebrating the Olympics and having so much fun, it's going to be a helicopter shot of Mount Fuji and back to an empty stadium. So that's going to be a little bit uh, tough. And, of course, that means that all these small businesses that won't, uh, you know, the restaurants and bars and cafes and gift shops and museums and tour guides, there's going to be absolutely no positive uh, economic impact for them. So you can imagine, again, uh, for folks in Vancouver, if we spent all that time building the Whistler Highway and the Canada Line and all the, the money uh, that people were concerned about, about new venues 
and then two weeks before the game started saying, and you're all going to have to stay home. The only people in the stadium are going to be the IOC executives, fat cats and sponsors and these other people, but y'all, but you have to stay home. No, don't go to the bar. So people are feeling a little bit bummed out about that, especially all the sacrifices that they've made in daily lives as so many of us have around the world over these last 18 months. You know what, Dave, I hear you. And as you're explaining sort of the the setup there with who will be in the venues and the and the athletes and, and the restrictions put on them, it ever more is uh, the need for the storytellers that are there. So I'm going to give a shout out to my, my great colleagues who have traveled across the Pacific to quarantine, to prepare for yeah, the yeah. Tokyo Games, because there are people that are going to go and they're going to share some stories and the Olympics are going forward as far as we know now, uh, it would be uh, incredible to see anything happen uh, the otherwise. And Dave, I hope we get to speak again uh, as we get even closer to these games. Do keep us posted and, and connected uh, on, on our, our Twitter as well. Thanks for doing this as always. Hey, it's my pleasure. And I want to echo your shout out to the storytellers who are here on the ground telling those long tail stories of the people who really have had an incredible journey to get here. And I hope everyone stays safe while they're here and has managed to have a good time. And what's your Twitter handle so people know where to find you? Davo Stories, D-A-V-E-O-S-T-O-R-I-E-S is one way to get me. There's a, there's a few Twitter handles out there, but I'm out here and I love talking about this stuff um, and happy to answer any questions anyone uh, amateur or professional has to say. It's great. Dave Olson grew up here. I uh, lived in Lynn Valley, was a part of the 2010 Games with True North Media House and is uh, a regular guest here on CKW Afternoons. We appreciate you either staying up late or getting up early. I have no What time is it in Japan right now? <laughs> it's, it's morning time. I'm hitting the coffee. Hard. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, Dave. <laughs> Best regards to everyone. Bye for now. I'm Sarah Ritchie. I'm a reporter for Global News in Halifax. I was working the day everything changed in Nova Scotia last April. My team has spent the last year asking tough questions about how a gunman disguised as a police officer murdered 22 people over 13 hours. On our podcast, 13 Hours Inside the Nova Scotia Massacre, we examine this tragedy hour by hour. We're learning there's a lot more to this story. Listen to all 13 episodes now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.